0: Good morning. How's everybody doing? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. That was, Guys, thank you for the worship. Um, you know, it's funny. As a pastor, usually you show up on Sunday, and all you're doing is noticing everything. You told me that wasn't going to fall out. <laughs> this is going to be a trip. With all the nice things you have here, we've got a broken iPad holder. Give me a second here while I get set up. Uh, as a pastor, you show up to a place, and uh, this is going to be no bueno. I can feel it. Um, and all you notice is everything that's wrong, like broken iPad stands. And uh, and then you get to show up for a morning. I'm sorry. Get to show up. Yeah, can we get some help up here? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, I'm a guest in your home. I'm just kidding. Um, You know, you show up and about the only thing you're thinking about is everything going wrong. I showed up and there was, uh, thank you guys so much. There was a light stand out and man, you guys have such an amazing serve team here. Amen. Why don't we give them some love? They get here early. I think it's easy to forget that we get to to show up and get ministered to. But long before we get ministered to, there are people uh, suppressing bad words and putting up light stands and trying to... Get ready. Anyway, I was sitting here and I had no distractions because you know I'm not worried about anything in my own church. And I was so able this morning to allow the truth of God's word through worship just to minister to me. How many of you know that our God is furiously in love with us? Amen. We come on. Let's give a Lord. Yeah. It's so you read that. You hear that song and you're like, God, you are, you are a furious God. Have you ever been furious? Have you ever, but, 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 but you know what I mean, have you ever been so emotional and and, and wrapped up in the moment, whether it was a, a furious love or a furious anger, have you ever just been furious and I was sitting there and God's, the song says that God covers us, but that he's furious for us. My dad asked me to speak on baptism today and I'm like, really? You ever, you know, it's like one of, that's like a honeydew message, you know what I mean? Like you, you get, you get saved. And you're like, all right, I got saved. I need to get baptized. I need to get into community. I need to get into giving. And there's like this checklist in our spiritual lives that says, I need to do this. And so he's like, can you speak on baptism? And I was like, ah, whatever you say, boss. And God gave me a word last week, and I want to minister it to you this morning Because today we're going to talk about love. Everybody say love. How many of you know today that God is for you? We say that at our church all the time. That our God is for us. You know, I grew up hearing that. I grew up reading that. And then I had two little boys of my own. I am so for my son. I'm so for him. I unashamedly attempt to suffocate him in love. Any parents like that? Any parents just have a little excess and you can kind of throw it? So I love loving him. And so whenever I see him, I I stop and I go, Cruiser. And Crosby's not quite there yet, so I I love him the same. We're going to do, somebody said to me, we're going to get any Crosby stories? Nope, not yet. He's he's 12 months old, 13 months old. You'll get him soon. I, I love you. And he's like, yeah, I love you, Dad. He's already at that thing where it's like, you've said that 100 times. And I say to him, I say, "Cruiser, do you know why I love you? Do you know why I love you?" And his response is always the same, and I pray to God it never changes. I say, "Cruiser, do you know why I love you?" And he says, "Because you do. Because you do." See, he hasn't got to that place yet where he's confused, where he says, my dad loves me because I'm funny. My dad loves me because somehow I make short work. I don't know if you've ever seen my kid. He's short. My dad loves me because I'm smart. My dad loves me because I'm whimsical. No, my dad loves me because that's what my dad does. He just loves me. Cruiser, do you know why I love you? Because you do. That's it, because that's the relationship that we have. That's the intimacy that we have. That's what we've established, because you do. And that is the love romance that God wants us to have with him. Hey, God, why do you love me? Is it because I'm doing setup? Is it because I'm in community? Is it because I'm sacrificially giving? Is it because I'm, I'm doing my very best to somehow break the sins and addiction and shame and anger and self esteem and self worth things that are in? Is that why you love me? And God goes, oh, I love you because I do. Somebody say amen in the house of the Lord today. Man, okay, so here's the thing let's play this game. If you like. What you hear about your Lord, say amen. amen. You know what's crazy is that like, don't you think we're so easily expressive? You know, honey, you're so attractive. Well, thank you. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> you're such a good dad. A- thank you. You know, we're so good, but yet when we speak about our God, it's just, it should evoke something in us. It goes, yes. Amen. So God says I love you because I do because that's the imp- intimacy that I want to forge with you. And the problem is the enemy of this world, the father of lies, says God will only love you if X Y and Z. And we know it's not true because the Bible tells us that, but every part of our soul goes, it can't be. We're going to talk about baptism today. We're going to but we're not really. We're not. But we're going to talk about love this morning. We're going to talk about your identity in Christ. Because of the, the outflow of love and the outflow of identity comes this incredible to desire to make much of Jesus. Amen. That's the thing, until we figure out, I'm telling you this, until we figure out how furious God is in love with us, until we figure out how established our identity is in Christ, until that happens, we are going to hold back our declaration of the king. But when we begin to find out that we are radically, furiously loved by a father just because that's how it is, then all of a sudden when it says, have you been baptized? And you're like, wait a minute, Have I declared the praises of my king publicly? Like, you ever notice, like, hey, do you need to be baptized? You're like, no, I was was baptized. I was baptized at some point in time. You ever notice that we're like, no, I've checked that off. And yet, baptism is this thing where it's like, have you declared publicly the praises of your king to the world that you were once in darkness, but you've been pulled into radical light? Have you done that? And if there's any part of you that's like, I think I did it when I was seven baptized man as an adult as a as a living breathing intellectually honest person say if i've got the opportunity to publicly declare the praises of my king where do i sign up and is there any other time than freezing cold on Easter morning any other time that's just a joke if you have your bibles first peter 2 9 let's get into the word a little bit i asked my dad what have you been teaching on this year he's like exodus and i was like what else Was blown away. That's amazing, by the way. It's, it's amazing. First Peter 2. First Peter 2. We're not doing Exodus. You're like, I don't even know another Bible. There's another book of the Bible? I know. It's crazy. He's a smart dude. Isn't he a smart guy? Yeah, I'm not. So we're just gonna talk love and emotion and I'm not. First Peter 2. Verse 9. Everybody say, when? So that's what we say if we got it. We say, when? First Peter 2, verse 9. I'm going to read this, then we're going to unpack it. We're just going to talk about some furious love this morning. Amen? How many know God is for you? Say, amen. amen. I want you to leave here and go, I'm furiously in love. First Peter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were a people, once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Everybody say amen. amen. First Peter 2, verse 9, let's unpack this. But you are, let's stop right there. Everybody say I am. Everybody say I am. God's word says that we are some body god's Word says that we have an identity in fact god's word says in Colossians two nine through ten it says this for in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. can I get an amen? I love that god's word says that 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 Jesus the Savior of our sin uh, of our sins are are the the one that pulled us from darkness and light, the fullness of God dwells in him. Look what scripture says. For in Christ, the fullness of deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Everybody say fullness. And he is the head over every power and authority. God's word, in in that word fullness in the Greek means complete. God's word says, but you are complete. God's word says that you are Complete. Have you ever played the game BS in, in church? That stands for bullshit, Has anybody ever played the game BS? You ever played that game? So you're sitting there playing cards, and, and your, 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 your goal is to call somebody out and say, I don't believe you. I don't believe what you're saying. God's word says that we are complete. Yet if we're honest, spiritually, We call BS on that all the time in our lives, don't we? Man, I'm not complete. I'm not complete. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I'm arrogant. I don't take God that seriously. I demean my wife and my kids. I expect more out of my husband. I'm not gracious and slow to anger. I'm anything but complete. God's word says, In Christ, the fullness of the deity, the fullness of God's glory and presence, the the kingdom of God lives in Christ. And God's word says, through Christ, we are made complete. And so Peter starts, starts off and he goes, okay, you got to get this, okay, because there's a whole, bunch of, a whole bunch of stuff. There's theology and there's doctrine and there's covenants, but there's also intimacy and love, and there's, there, there's this relationship with Christ that we have to understand because it's all going to lead to somewhere. So it has to start off like this. You are complete in the midst of your anger and your frustration and your insecurity. God's word says, in Christ, we are complete. Somebody say amen. But the question says, how? How? Don't you, don't you hate it sometimes when you read scripture and you're like, that sounds very, very, very attractive. How? How? Everybody say, I am chosen. I am chosen. It says that you are a chosen people. God's word says that God chose us. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates. Everybody say, Demonstrates. That was frustrating how lackluster that was. We've got a long way to go, and we got to dig deep. Everybody say demonstrates. Demonstrate. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, if you ever, guys, you might relate to this more. I don't know what it would, the equivalent was for, for girls. But boys, when you grow up, um, everybody lines up uh, to pick teams, Guys, do you remember this? It's like basketball or dodgeball, whatever you line up. And the two most superior athletes uh, survey the group. So usually it was me and somebody else, and we would survey. (laughs) Really? Okay. Sorry, I'm judging you up here too. So everybody lines up, and, and they say, I got Tom, I got Bill, I got Steve, I got Jim. And then when it gets to the very end, usually there becomes the package deals. You can have those three. I mean, it's like you're not even good enough to get picked individually. It's like, how about those four for that too? Is that, eh? You're trying to balance it out. Well, well, God says that he chose us. God says that he lined everything up and says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, God's word says this. When you were at your very worst, when you were insecure and selfish and angry and arrogant and bitter and and, and possessive, when there was everything in you that was ugly and not pretty, I chose you then. Do you know why? Do you know why I chose you when you were at your very worst? Do you know why? So there would be no question marks. So that you'd never wonder why. So that you'd never say, man, God loves me because I started going to church. God loves me because I started sacrificially giving. God loves me because I started serving. God loves me because I got in community. No, God loves you. God chose you when you were at your very, very, very worst. God said, not only do I choose you, but I choose to display myself in all these ways to woo you in. Did you know that God woos us in? God is not needy. Everybody say, God is not needy. We have to know that. God's not sitting around going, oh my gosh, you don't like me. Nobody is wooing us. God's word says that he chose to create beauty in Romans 1.20 so that we could recognize him. Have you ever seen beauty and said, oh, only the hand of God? God said, I chose to do that so while you were at your very worst, you would recognize me. John 3.16, God chose a sacrifice. God so loved you and me so much that he chose a sacrifice. God chose to send a comforter, John 16, 13, so that we could walk in truth. God's word says that he would send his comforter, comforter so that he could guide us into all truth. God says this, while you were at your worst, I chose you, and I chose to display beauty, and I chose to display sacrifice, and I chose to send a comforter of truth because I am so about choosing you. I think so. I, uh, there's a guy... Many of you have probably heard his name. It's Bill Hybels. He pastors a church in um, Chicago. And he says in one of his books that every night before he puts, put his boy down, he would say, Todd, if I could line up all the little boys in the world and I could just pick one, I'd pick you. And he said that over and over again. So I stole it because it's so good. Isn't that so good? So I'm always with Cruz. I'm like, Cruz, if I could line up all the little boys in the world, And I could only pick one. Do you know who I'd pick? He says, you'd pick me. And then he says, but daddy, you'd pick Crosby too, right? (laughs) You know what I love about that? My son is so suffocated with love from me that he has love to spare. And when we begin to get it in our hearts and in our souls that we have a God that is furiously in love with us, that is tracking us down, that is loving us, and all of a sudden we get so filled up that I am chosen, I am beloved, I am dear to him, that we can not only begin to express the I am chosen, but we can begin to love other people. Amen? God's word says that I'm chosen. God's word says I am royalty. Everybody say I am royalty. I'm not sure what... Um, lifestyle you grew up in, but there's something about walking in the presence of somebody else, somebody greater than you. God's word says that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and we have the amazing, amazing right to walk behind him. Did you ever see The King's Speech? Anybody see that movie? It's a long three-hour drama if you're ever bored. It's really good. There's a scene in it where the brother who's supposed to be king um. He he fell in love with a woman that was not becoming of the throne. She had a, a sketchy past, and so he couldn't marry her. And so the brother uh, he says, "I want to marry. I want to be king." And the, and the other brother, who's younger, says, "You can't. It's, it's, it just doesn't work that way." And he says this statement. there, he says, "Have I no rights as the king, as the heir to the king? Have I no rights?" His brother said, "You have privileges. You have privileges. That's what comes along with royalty. It's privileges." And God's word says this in Colossians 2, 13 through 15. When you were dead in your sins. I love how scripture is repetitive, that this has nothing to do with you. Amen. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all of your sins, having canceled the charge of legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away by nailing it on the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Please really really let's try the last couple verses because i think i don't think you meant that having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us he has taken it away by nailed it on the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross right doesn't that just feel like yes it feels better you might be annoyed with me i don't mind you can go home. My kid's so annoying. I don't care because it's the king we're talking about. And if and if it annoys anybody in here to make much of the king go fast, amen. I was thinking about uh, royalty. And um, yeah, anybody ever uh, glance at those US weeklies or you you know those things when you're checking out? You would not raise your hand. I know, but I do. You ever uh, Prince Harry? You ever know he's like naked in a different city all the time? Have you ever noticed that? I'm like, that guy's naked in another city? Have you ever noticed whenever he does stupid stuff, he disappears into the royal palace? You ever notice that? That whenever his humanity and his stupidity comes to the surface, all of a sudden, Prince Harry's gone. (laughs) Do you know why? Because when you realize that you're royalty, you can take refuge in the king. See, when you're royalty, you're fought for, you have representation, and royalty has authority. That's what Scripture says. Scripture says that you have representation, that you're fought for, and you have authority. And God's word says this, you are chosen. I chose you at your very worst. But, but it's not only that you're chosen, you're royalty, which means when life comes and when things are difficult, you have the protection and the authority and, and you're fought for from me, the king. And all of a sudden we're starting to get this picture that says you are complete. And you're like, how? Because you're chosen, because you're royalty. Everybody say, I am holy. It says a holy nation. I've been called a lot of things. I've been called a lot of things. Holy is not one of them. Amen? I mean, I, I can't tell you I've ever had a time when somebody's came up to me and said, Josh, when I'm with you, it's like I see the face of God. That's never happened to me. Anybody? Nobody, nobody's ever been like, you are so holy that when I get around you, I literally have to turn my back because the Shekinah glory of God is so strong on you. I, that doesn't happen. I've been called a lot of things. But yet God's word says that I'm holy in his sight. God's word says that I'm chosen at my very worst. God's word says that I'm royalty. I'm protected by him. And God's word says that I'm a holy nation. Titus 3, 3 through 7 says this. But at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Has anybody ever been there and does that not sound very holy? God's word says at one time we were fools, disobedient, deceived. We were passionate with our own pleasures. Uh, We were envious. We hated and hated others. But God's word says but. Everybody say but. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. When God showed up. When God showed up, he saved us. Not because righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and the rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs. There's that royalty, and of hope and eternal life. God's word says this. I choose you. I choose you. I dress you and the royalty that is me, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who has dominion over everything above and below. And when I robe you in my royalty, I call you holy. Not because of you. Don't be silly. Not because of you. Because of me. Because my mercies are new every single morning. You're holy. Which leads me to this really cool statement to read about me. And it's kind of silly, and if anybody watched Saturday Night Live in the early '90s, I am special. Remember that? Remember that skit? Doggone it! You're special, and people like you. Everybody say I'm special. It's a funny thing because uh, being special—it does not. It kind of either goes into like this bad camp or this not me camp. Yeah, God's word says this: that we are God's special. Possession, and, and the Greek for the special possession means this, to be an acquired possession. God's word says that he acquired you and I. That we're out there on the other team, living a different life, and God says, okay, I choose you. Me? I know, yeah, but you. <laughs> I choose you and I'm going to drape you in royalty of the protection that comes only through me. I'm going to call you holy in my sight, not because of the things you have done, don't be silly, but because of me. And now that you're here, and you're mine, and you're dressed in royalty, and you're holy all because of me, I want you to know something, you're special to me. You're special to me. You are. And when we hear these things, we're like, it can be repetitive right like if you've been in church for a while you're like yeah hey, yeah okay this is another story yes jesus loves me yes jesus. but do you are, do, do you know it because i'm going to tell you something right now you know what separates people that make much of jesus and turn this world upside down from the people that sit in church and know the bible back and forth do you know what it is it's being captured by the furious love of jesus you have to understand i'm telling you because look at what scripture says. It says, I chose you, you're royalty, you're holy in my sight, you're my special possession. Why did God allow all this to happen? So that, look at how Peter, Peter finishes out, so that you may, everybody say, declare, everybody say, Declare. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. God's word says this: I chose you, I dressed you in royalty, I called you holy, I made you my special possession. Why? So you could declare me. Anybody ever um, just fallen radically in love? Okay, you. That's sad, but you should. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful godly gift. Anybody ever fallen radically in love? Okay. You ever seen somebody fall radically in love? And any, I don't know if you guys are like Facebook people. right? Ever, somebody falls in love and, and they're on Facebook and they're like thinking about you, dot, dot, dot. And you see it and you're like, oh, hiding you for the next four months, right? Because you're like, this is going to get out of control. But when somebody falls in love, it's like everything's about them and it's just this and it's just that. Now, hold on to that thought. Hold on to your moment when you're radically in love. Do you remember that moment when, like, you were just realizing that you were, like, literally cooler and more amazing than your parents? Do you remember that moment? No matter how old you are, you had that moment where all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm actually cooler than you. I actually understand more of the world than you, and you are finite compared to me. Do you remember that moment? Remember, like, I remember, like, my dad was the worst. Like, in, in, in ninth grade, he took me to school, and he pulled me up, and he's like, Give me a kiss. I'm like, come on, Dad, you know? And then I'd get out of the car, and he would honk the whole way to the door. And I'd turn around and say, hey. And I'm like, I I take that moment, and I commit before you to see that and raise that level on my own kids. Um, I'm going to get out and do like cartwheels and re- I don't know what I'm going to do. But, but think about the moment when you're like, I'm radically in love and all I want to do is express my devotion to this person. And then you have the other moment in life when you're like, can you drop me off a few blocks back? Those two moments, who is God to you? On that meter. On that meter. You know the answer. And everybody in here could be like, I'm radically in love with God. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I don't know. But I know this, when we're radically in love, we are not afraid to display our trophy, are we? You know when you fall in love and you're like, he's mine? She's mine. Look, that one, go, just wanted you to see. And then when you're kind of embarrassed and you're like, hey, did you go to church tomorrow?" You're like, yeah, church, hey, how was the game? You're like, wait, what, did you say it? Like we're so coy about God. Yet Peter says this, you've been chosen, you've been dressed in royalty, you've been dressed in holiness, you've been called a special possession. Why? So that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. God's furious love His covering love has a purpose. It's to allow you and I to walk in wholeness and completeness so that we may declare the praises of him. So when we talk about baptism, see how we're not talking about baptism? Isn't that sweet how I pulled that move off? Let me ask you a question. Have you been baptized? And have you had that moment Where you said, as an intellectually discerning and honest person, I want to declare the praises of my king publicly through this amazing symbolic picture that God asked me to do. That's what baptism is. And if you have, isn't it the best? Isn't it the best? When you come out of that water and you're just like, oh. God's word says this. Let me just share a couple verses with you. God's word says that we're we to be bold about him. It says this in Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we receive his mercy, and we will find the grace to help us in what we need most. 2 Timothy 1:7, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of fear, a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. God's word says, I've made you bold so that you can approach me and you can declare me with boldness. God's word says that he's made us spirit surrendered, uh, John 4, 23. But the hour is coming, and it's even now here. How many of you know today that the kingdom of God is at hand? Say amen. The kingdom of God is the person and the power and the presence of Jesus actively living and moving in this world. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. The power of Jesus is at hand. Amen. The presence of Jesus is at hand. Amen. Mm, not good. The person of Jesus is at hand. But the hour is coming, and it's even now here, when, the, when when true worshipers, you know that word true worshipers in the Greek, it means to be authentically connected. God's word says the hour is coming. In fact, it's even here now. When folks that are authentically connected to God, the Father, will worship the Father in spirit and truth, For the Father is seeking such a people to worship him. Did you know God's looking for you and I to be authentically connected to him? That we would declare the kingdom. How many of you today know that God is for you? Say amen. Amen. I want you to know something that, I'm going to ask the band to come. And I just want to, if we can, just stand with me and I'm just going to have the band come. And I just want to talk to you and, 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 and minister for a minute if we could. Just stand with me. Funny, I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes I look at my kid and he starts throwing a big temper tantrum because he, because his little brother took his monster truck. And do you remember those days, or maybe you still have? Them and you think to yourself, "Oh, to have those problems! Oh, to be a little boy! Oh, to be a little girl!" Would you bow your heads with me for a minute? And let me just speak to you as a as, as your pastor today and as your friend, every head bowed and every eyes closed. I just want to minister to you for a minute from the Holy Spirit of God. I feel like the word that gets accompanied along with this message is this, and so let me just speak it over you this morning. <clears throat> I believe God wants us to know this morning there is nothing but little boys and little girls in this room. And I don't know if you're 15 or 85, but I want you to know let me speak to the let me speak to the, the boys in the room this morning. Oh boys, let me tell you something. In this room, in this room, there's nothing more. And I believe God sees this, and I want to minister to you this morning. God sees little boys in this room right now. Kool-Aid stains on their top lip. With skinned elbows because they were running just a little too fast and fell forward. With dirt all over their knees and their bottoms because they're just scooting along and playing joyfully in freedom. To the little boys in this room today, I want you to hear this. Your father's proud of you, your father loves you very much. Thinks you're special. He sees a sweet little boy full of joy and passion and character and hope. He looks at your sweet little ears and your little hair that's barely long enough to comb, and he says, Oh, that's my little boy. That's my little boy who I chose. It's my little boy who I love. And to the sweet little girls in the room today, oh, your little pigtails, the bows on your socks, and your little sundress, you're so beautiful. You're so special. You're fought for. God looks at the way that the sun just flashes in your hair and the colors that it reflects. And God has such a longing to pull up the seat at your little tea party and just let you talk all day long. He just wants to hold you and wrap your hair behind your little ears. Can you see the picture with every head bowed and every eyes closed? Can you see dad? Can you see him walking in? With a little boy on one knee and a little girl on the other. Can you hear him saying, I chose you? Can you hear him saying, I dressed you? Can you hear him saying you can do no wrong? Can you hear him saying that you're special to him? And then can you hear him whisper in your ear? Would you go tell the whole world that your daddy loves you? Oh, sweet boys and sweet girls, just know today. God's love is furious for you, that God's love covers you, and that your love